stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Welcome back. Rob Breckenridge with you here on this Tuesday afternoon. 403-974-8255 is the number. A lot more to get to on the program this afternoon. But I want to come back to the story that's really been dominating, uh, the, certainly the financial news. And I think it's, it's spilled over. And people who maybe don't follow the markets have, have certainly taken notice of what happened, uh, has happened here. And, and much of it surrounds uh, the stock in the company GameStop, which is a video game retailer in the United States. Now, there, there is quite a backstory to all of this, but, but the uh, long and the short of it, pardon the pun, is that uh, some big hedge funds companies saw that maybe this company was um, not doing so well. A lot of video game purchases uh, switching to online, maybe brick and mortar video game stores, maybe there's not as much of a future there. So the stock in the company was being shorted quite aggressively, as, as it turns out. And there was a real pushback online. It started with the Reddit community and spread beyond there. And people started buying the stock. Enough so that it uh, started wiping out any potential gains on these shorts. And then these hedge funds had to turn around and buy the stock in order to cover that short. So that just further drove the price way up. And in fact, it, it got to some pretty insane heights when you compare the uh, value of the stock versus the valuation of the company. So as the dust kind of settles on all of this, the, the stock is down quite a bit today. It has certainly, I think, underscored a lot of issues. On the one side, I guess there's the whole question of, uh, are, you know, is, are there any issues with uh, this kind of a concerted push to buy a stock? But maybe more so, it's really shone a spotlight on the question of, of short selling and the amount of power and influence these big hedge funds wield. And is there maybe something to be said for the uh, kind of metaphorical punch on the nose they took in all of this. So is there something to be said for this uh, Reddit resistance, uh, as many are calling it? Well, joining us to talk more about uh, all of these issues is, is someone who certainly understands uh, the ins and outs of this uh, much better than most of us. Uh, Russell Starr is uh, CEO and president at Trillium Gold Mines Incorporated, uh, an entrepreneur and a financial professional himself. Uh, Russell, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Yeah, thanks a lot, Rob. I'm happy to be here. Uh, ironically, I'm I'm from Calgary, so it's nice to to at least get yes. back in voice, but maybe not in person. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Uh, well, we appreciate you making some time for us here today because it, it is quite a story. Everything that that's unfolded over the last uh, couple of weeks here. So, give me your your big picture here of of what you've been observing and what you make of it all. Well, look, I think the first and sort of foremost piece of information is we're sitting in a in an environment where this is kind of the perfect reverse storm so you have really truly almost everyone uh, not working or at least working from home and then you have this added stimulus check in the US um and in some parts of Canada the same thing and and people are are just starting to realize that hang on a second maybe Wall Street and Bay Street aren't level playing fields um and if we want to act we need to act uh, to a certain extent, the way the hedge funds do. And, and really, truly, you know, for all the public outcry and for, for everything that's gone on with GameStop, the reality is that these are issues and problems that have been going on for a, for a decade or even two decades. Um, even here in Canada, um, it's only now that this sort of perfect reverse storm is being created that the, the light is being shone on it. 
So what, what's the issue here? I mean, it seems like the issue goes well beyond the practice of, of short selling, that, that this yep. is maybe an issue of the big players, the amount of power they wield. But what, what do you see as the big issue here? Well, the big issue, in my opinion, is that, that there's a completely different set of rules that the big guys are playing with. So, for example, if you and I are running our own little private mini hedge fund and we short something and we happen to be on the wrong side of the trade, we lose all our money. But what's happening in the U.S. and what's happening in Canada is that, that we've almost become the product now. And by that, I mean that the exchanges are getting so much money from these hedge funds to execute. So, for example, just to back up that statement, 40% of Robinhood's revenue comes from Citadel. Citadel was one of the largest shareholders of Melvin Capital, which was going under during this short squeeze. Do you think there's a conflict of, conflict of interest there? Right. Um, it's pretty obvious to me. Um, and then, you know, you add sort of fuel to the fire where as GameStop was going lower and lower and lower, and, and just let's all be blunt about this, and the regulators know this, all these hedge funds talk to each other. It's not like they're hedging uh, very, very quietly and not talking to their buddies at their private club. They are acting in concert. And so there were numerous hedge funds that were short GameStop, assuming that a video games retailer in the U.S. would just eventually go out and uh, go under. And then you have this, call it this new sort of more more diversified hedge fund, meaning all of us retail guys who are like, hang on a second here. Maybe we could actually make some money in this in this trade. And so it's it's. It's just shown a massive spotlight on inequalities, on different sets of rules that exist for these, these large, large, large funds who are all intertwined. They're, they're, they all work together. And, you know, the Robin Hoods of the world would have everyone believe that if this had persisted, there was serious risk to the, the markets. But if that is indeed the case, then the markets are broken. And really, truly, that, I think that's where people are going to get to through all of this as the light gets shone brighter and brighter and brighter. And that is... We need, we need to get with the times. You know, people short without a borrow. That's supposed to be illegal, but they do it. They do it here in Canada. Um, and, you know, the, some of the questions I'm asking now, and I, I was literally on the phone with the NEO exchange, which is, which is an alternative exchange in Canada that actually prohibits a lot of this predatory trading by, by trying to level the playing field for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think you're going to see people gravitating towards these exchanges where you're a little bit more protected, where everybody's treated a little bit more equally. And and quite frankly, I think that's a good outcome. And it's interesting, too, and, and you mentioned this, um, that, that it wasn't just a, a bet that the price of GameStop is going to go down. The, the way that they were shorting this company was essentially betting and, and almost trying to make it happen that, that it was it was going to to uh, for all intents and purposes go bankrupt that Correct. it was going to go out of business and yep. how much of a, a self-fulfilling prophecy does that become when you're when these hedge funds as big as they are when they make that bet i mean it's essentially pushing things in that direction isn't it well it, and and that's in my opinion what you've seen in the canadian capital markets you have these extremely sophisticated algorithms. Literally, Michael Lewis made a book about it called Flash Boys. The Canadian, um, the protagonist was a Canadian named Brad Katsuyama who worked at RBC. And, and very slowly, people started to notice how stacked the market was against you. Um, you know, an ex- another example I give to people is Citadel, I don't think has lost money um, 
ever other than when they've needed to be bailed out because their programs are so sophisticated. Um, they, they would guise it as a market liquidity program, but effectively what it does is it front runs every single order and tries to make, you know, a tenth of a penny a billion times over every day. And I, and I believe the stat is that they've, they've only lost money once in three, in three years. And, and I, I, Look, having been doing this now, or at least being involved in the capital markets for almost 20 years, that's theoretically impossible for, for us normal folks. And so it's, it's look, what I hope comes out of this is that people start questioning their regulators, uh, you know, calling the Toronto Stock Exchange and saying, do you, do you actually know what they're doing? Can you actually keep track of them? Because honestly, these are, these are programs built by the PhDs who taught PhDs who taught PhDs. I mean, these are brilliant, brilliant people creating these algorithms that just move faster than you and I can. Um, and it just creates an unlevel playing field. And I think the shorting is just one aspect of it. It's, it's also the aspect of, you know, the lifeblood of the Canadian economy is natural resource companies. It's not manufacturing. And, and we are really struggling here in Canada, um, whether it be gold, copper, silver, oil. Um, and at some point, I, I get it. You're making so much money off of these predatory algorithmic programs. That's great as an exchange. But what about the companies that you're that you're actually trying to support? Um, and so, really, I think that's where this is all going. It's it's going to be a big, big question mark about really who these markets are protecting. Yeah, no, that's the thing. And I think people are looking at this and saying, well, okay, I, I think now people have proven that there's a way to, to push back or a way to, to sort of, you know, smack down the hedge funds if they decide they're going to go too far. And this is probably, I think, going to have some, some far-reaching ramifications. But, I mean, is this a solution in and of, of itself? Does this let the regulators off the hook? What do you think? No. Well, look, I hope not. Um, certainly from my, <clears throat> excuse me, my perspective, I'm just going to ask them more and more questions. Because, you know, back to my earlier point, um, I think that these programs and what's happening are so far above what the regulators are even looking at that they just don't even see half of it happening. And, and it's just, look, the, the reality is, and, and maybe this is a bad way of putting it, but, but you know, very, very smart people, um, especially the ones who are building these programs, they just do it so well. Um, they do it so precisely. And, and, you know, I'm guessing the quant group at the Toronto Stock Exchange isn't filled with a bunch of PhDs in math or computer programming. It's, it's a bunch of people like you and I are just trying to do their best job. Um, but now only just seeing with a very, very large lens what's happening on Twitter and Reddit and, and Robinhood. So, look, I... You know, I can only hope for what I think is the way, right way to go. But look, I, I've seen it all. I've covered the hedge funds who employ these strategies. And I'm now running a company where I watch that company um, get manipulated by these strategies. And it's just, uh, it's a really unfair, unlevel playing field. And one that I hope, like I'm saying, and I guess maybe I'm reinforcing it almost too much. It's just the regulatory environment needs right. to improve. We need to get better. Uh, we need to be smarter. We need to be more world-class. Um, and I hope that's where it goes. Well, let me put it this way. I mean, how worried are you that regulators are going to diagnose the wrong problem here? That the problem are, you know, it's not the hedge funds that we're just going to decide, oh, it's, uh, you know, it's Reddit, it's social media, it's, it's people getting together to, to decide that they're all going to invest uh, in, in a certain stock. And we're going to try to figure out how to, how to stop that from happening. I mean, is that a real concern? Well, 
Well, that look, I mean, that would be the worst case scenario, in my opinion, that would come out of this, because the people who are organizing and some, look, the reality is the people who bought GameStop did nothing different than what the hedge funds were doing to short it. So, so if the if the outcome is that it's the retail folk who are punished, then we really know that this market is broken. Because, like I said, you know, if you have 50 hedge funds that are crowded into one trade, and that's probably not a bad number uh, to expose what was going on with GameStop. You know, when you have when you have greater than the amount of shares that exist in the company short that company, there is massive risk to whoever's shorting it because at some point, just like you said, they're going to have to cover. But the ultimate wrong end of the stick is them coming down on the retail environment because yeah. really, truly, we're the ones who never get bailed out. You know, it's. It, it, right. I think the stats are, what was it? Uh, I think it's the top 1% in the U.S. has gotten 50% richer this year and the bottom 99 have gotten 50% poorer. Like there, there's something very wrong with that. And I don't think we're probably all that far off in Canada either, even though I, I would argue we have, a, we have a much better and more socialistic environment where I think people in general are treated better. But I sure hope that that's not the way this ends. I, I, I really hope it, it, it ends with a, you know, we, we just need to be smarter about how we regulate things. And, and um, what was it? Chama, I, I always pronounce his name poorly. He's one of the Chama. He's, he's part Canadian. He made all of his money off of Facebook, and he was on CNBC, and they asked him, you know, what are you saying? Just let these airlines go under? And, yes, the only way that things get fixed is by letting bad management teams or bad trading st- strategies fail. And as you remarked, GameStop is off almost, you know, $200 today, 190 bucks. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you there's a bunch of retail people who are feeling the pain. Um and yet, and yet the hedge funds were protected to the other side. It, it just doesn't seem right. No, and that's the thing. I mean, you know, I, I don't mean, you know, we don't know what the future holds for GameStop. And I mean, it's one thing for an analyst to say, you know, I, I see, you know, that the trend's moving away from brick and mortar. It's a bad investment. Or, you know, people who see opportunities there. And there's been talk of new investors getting in and taking the company in a different direction. And, and so who knows where it's going to go up. But the idea that, you know, it's being manipulated this way and, and hedge funds are, are just, you know, using it for, for different purposes, you know, at least in terms of maybe how the market should work. It, it just seems so detached from that, doesn't it? I agree. I agree. And, and you know, I was talking to uh, the guy who runs the Neo Exchange, um, Joss, and, and he was like, look, the, the issue isn't with shorting per se. It's with how the regulators are allowing it to be done in, almost unethically or illegally. Typically, you're supposed to have a borrow to short a stock. And what, what's happened are the funds have figured out ways of, shorting stocks without a borrow. Um, and then, and then again, you know, when you get into a situation where you're a, you know, supposedly a very sophisticated investor, you're short a stock that has 130% of the float short, you really should be managing your risk uh, and acknowledging the potential for a short, short squeeze. Um, ironically, the guy in uh, the big short, Michael Burry, um, the guy who was always playing the drums and was, was sort of a little bit weird, Dr. Michael Burry, he was long GameStop because he believed that people were too shorted and there was going to be a short squeeze. So there mm-hmm. are opposing forces that are at work, um, I would say, all the time. It's just, like I said, this is one of those rare situations where the perfect storm was created. Everybody's at home. They want something to do. They've got a little bit of money in their pocket from a paycheck, and they just organize themselves to create 
you know, one of the largest, most disseminated hedge funds in the world who just basically pushed a stock higher and higher and higher. But again, the point is hedge funds do this the other way all the time. Yeah. So how's the playing field level? It isn't. And that's, that's, I think, that's the spotlight that needs to be shown. Yeah, well, at least maybe it's a little bit more level, uh, perhaps yes. after the last couple of weeks. But uh, yeah. as we'll see, you say, we'll see how it all plays out. Uh, TrilliumGold.com. Uh, Russell, appreciate the insight. And again, thanks so much yeah. for making some time for us here today. Really appreciate this. Anytime, Rob. Have a good one. All right, take care. You as well. There you go. That's uh, Russell Starr, uh, entrepreneur, financial professional, president, CEO, director, Trillium Gold, uh, TrilliumGold.com. So some great points from him just on kind of the underlying issues here that this all exposes. Again, I mean, I don't know that every single Reddit investor who bought a stock in GameStop was doing so to highlight inequities. You know, a lot of people did it on a lark, did it because everyone else was doing it, did it because they have a fondness for GameStop. I think others did, in fact, see some of the issues here, uh, that this, this was being shorted too much, that there was a potential for a short squeeze here, or that, that maybe they see something in GameStop, that they see it as a, as a good investment. So there, there are a lot of factors here. But again, I mean, it comes back to just the amount of power these, these uh, big hedge funds have and, and what they can do uh, you know, with this kind of a play. All right, we got to take a break here. A lot more still to get to. My name is Rob Breckenridge. This is Afternoons on 770 CHQR. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.